0: Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg.
1: And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. This week, we're talking about getting healthy and not just physically. That's often what couples and individuals will focus on when we talk about getting healthy is physical health. However, one of the keys to a strong marriage is improving on your spiritual, mental, and physical health.
0: Yeah, this is so important. I mean, we've seen this over the course of our 31 years married. I know later we're going to talk about uh, some kind of physical health challenges and how we mm-hmm. can navigate that well. So I was thinking about our marriage beyond kind of the physical health, mm-hmm. you know, well-being, taking care of ourselves. And I was really thinking spiritually. I went through a really tough season. We had a good friend Mm -hmm. who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and and had spent a lot of time praying for her, seeing a lot of people really pray for her to the point that I really... Kind Of in my prayer time with the Lord, my attitude was kind of, you know, God, you've got to heal her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people have been praying for her, lots of people consistently, faithfully, like that little old widow lady that we hear about in the New Testament. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you have no choice. Like, because if you don't, then I'm not sure all that stuff you talk about in prayer is necessarily true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: so when she passed away, mm-hmm. I, it just launched me into a, a faith crisis around prayer.
1: Totally. And it wasn't that she was just diagnosed and passed away quickly. She fought pancreatic cancer and had success and lived like months and year actually over a year yeah. longer than they expected. And so there was hope that built up as well. Yeah. And then when she passed away it was it was yeah. kind of traumatic for just, for everyone.
0: Yeah, and it just I think what it did for me is it challenged my understanding of prayer that Mm -hmm. I had developed all these years and what I assumed had to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. just based Mm -hmm. on what I believed about prayer. And, you know, how it impacted us is I just didn't really want to pray, period. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to pray with you. I didn't want to pray before meals. I didn't want to it just, I, I just wasn't there. I was so confused on what it meant. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, as you look back on that season, how did that impact you or us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I understood it because I was a little stunned as well that he didn't heal her. But I also knew that we were both grieving and we had to grieve in our own way. And that's how it showed up for you, how grief showed up for you. Yeah. And therefore, I continued doing what I needed to do to walk through the journey of grief and loss. And that included that I was praying and that I didn't impact me the same way it impacted you. Yeah. But there had to be room for both of us. Yeah. And I continued to encourage you and check on you and to see where you were at. I I kind of figured you would move through it. Um, at least I was very much hoping so, and you did. And we got to the other side of that together.
0: Yeah, and you know, really looking back, I appreciate how you you gave me the space to kind of work through that mm-hmm. because it certainly impacted us, I mean we weren't praying together, and that's a big part of of that spiritual intimacy and 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 yet, instead of you going, you know, figure this out and you're damaging our marriage and I mean, you really let me figure that out with the lord and mm-hmm. and you're right i mean he I got to a good place with the Lord around that I still can't wait to ask him some questions someday when I mm-hmm. meet face to face with him. We all kind of go through this and we're gonna mm-hmm. have seasons, maybe it's a health issue or maybe like me, it's a spiritual crisis or you know something going on you know mentally whatever in mm-hmm. and, and and that's really what we want to talk about and we've got some great segments. Coming up, You know, later on, we're going to dive into some great conversation starters to really help us open up about these health conversations and what does self-care look like? So we've got some really good conversation starters that we're going to ask each other, mm-hmm. kind of work through. We'll give you a link to all those in the show notes. You know, we're going to hear a question from one of our listeners, and she really wants to know how to communicate frustrations with her husband without coming across as nitpicking or constantly overwhelming him
1: Mm, i'll look forward to that one (laughs)
0: We'll, we'll talk through that
1: yeah but first we had a fantastic conversation with dave and ashley willis about how they became healthier in their marriage they're authors and speakers with some great insights so let's listen to the conversation we had with dave and
0: ashley Dave, why do you believe that the promise in sickness and in health, kind of why is that one of the most important parts of the wedding vow?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I I think, you know, when we're standing up there on our wedding day and exchanging those vows, and, and if you're married, you're probably thinking back to that moment when you and your spouse, maybe just a few months ago, maybe decades ago, were standing there looking at each other in the eye, smiling, and chances are in that moment you both were healthy, you know physically you you felt good uh you looked good you had your makeup on your your best your best clothes yeah. everything mm. just looked and felt <laughs> perfect and even though you're saying you know in in sickness and in health you're not really thinking that either of you are ever going to be sick because in that moment it just everything feels feels perfect for the most part but as life goes on there are going to be health challenges. There are going to be ups and downs, sometimes severe, sometimes minor, sometimes short-term, sometimes ongoing. And how we choose to love each other and serve each other in those seasons of sickness or seasons of physical setback that impact potentially every part of of your marriage, um, it's so critical. And when we not only make that promise, but we really see that promise as a privilege. Like, if my spouse... Comes to a season where they need me to care for them to do things that that normally they would do for themselves. I'm not going to see that as a burden, but I'm promising in advance to see that as a privilege because uh, it's one of the most tender expressions of love when we we serve each other in sickness and in health.
0: And I love that that's that's a great perspective because you're right. I think most of us with those traditional wedding vows at the end, we just hear that as just ah yeah, we're committing to each other. You know, in those hard times. Good times, but like you guys are talking about, especially in sickness and in health, but often these passions of ours, when we really get passionate about something, are born out of kind of our own difficult experience. What, what, how did that play out for you guys? Because certainly you must have gone through a really tough time, sickness wise.
2: I mean, yes, we, we've had all kinds of different things that we've gone through in our almost, well, in our 22 years of marriage. So we, We've been through a lot, and it's looked, you know, it's been a lot of different kinds of sickness. Um, I know for me personally, like right out of the gate in our marriage, I was experiencing mental health issues, Mm -hmm. and I didn't really know at the time, like, you know, when you're going through it, and maybe it's been like a low-level depression for a long time, you get so used to it that you don't really look at it as necessarily an issue, and uh, when we got married, it really came to a head, Um, and, you know, we were dealing with, with just trying to bring two families together and we had some issues with, with in-laws that were not necessarily, um, we just did not see coming our way. And then I had some things I hadn't dealt with kind of just from my, my past that I just needed to deal with That, that kind of came to the, the surface because, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like when you get married, it's not going to, it's not going to like fix all your problems. It's really an amplifier. Yeah, totally. And so it hit me all of a sudden. And um, I went, I mean, very low and I kind of kept it to myself for a little bit uh, just kind of willing myself, you know, put on a smile, go to work, um, act like everything's okay. And I know Dave, you know, being my spouse knew something was off, but I, I just, you know, finally one night it got so bad and I was physically getting ill. I was having horrible Mm -hmm. panic attacks as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I just had to bring him into the picture and he graciously listened to me and just comforted me and was like, listen, I, I love you. I'm not going anywhere and we're going to get through this. And he helped me find that courage to To do the hard things that you have to do when you have, you know, when you're facing any kind of illness, whether it's physical, mental, or even spiritual, I was able to go see a counselor, talk to my doctor, you know, read read books, focus on different verses, and meditate on those verses. And uh, little by little, it was a process. It wasn't quick for me. It lasted about four years. But little by little, God kind of lifted it. And through that time, which I don't want to go through again necessarily,
1: yeah.
2: uh, Through that time, I did grow in my faith because. I I truly was just on my knees before the Lord, like, please just help me through this. Because when you're in that battle, you just feel, and I hear this from a lot of people because I talk very openly about this, you just feel like your life is over. Like, you feel like, I'm just never going to feel good again. I'm never going to be able to have the life that I had hoped for, you know, because you're just, you're not able to really think clearly when you are depressed and anxious. And the enemy, too, I mean, it is very much a spiritual, there's a spiritual side to this as well, and I you know, the enemy loves to have a field day with people dealing with mm-hmm. mental illness. And mm-hmm. so I will say that, you know, God, as he always does, he showed up. He was my daily bread, continues to be my daily bread. And I love that I, you know, can share about this time because I do want to give hope to other people who are going through this. But through the the framework of marriage, I just want to encourage couples, you know, if, if your spouse comes to you like I did with Dave and says, like, here's what I've been dealing with. And I have these thoughts that even scared me. And I I feel like you're never going to look at me the same. Like, you don't have to have all the right words to say, but just be there and don't don't mm-hmm. shy away from listening yeah. to your spouse. And I think that I, I'm just so grateful for Dave just being right there in my corner and telling me, you know, helping me to find hope each day and saying, no, no, no. You know, God is doing a great work in you. He's not finished with you. We are going to get through this and he's not going to waste it. He'll use it you know, for our good and, and for his glory. And so I just wanted to share a little
1: bit about that. That is amazing. I'm so thankful you're talking about that, Ashley, as a marriage counselor. So many couples that come in one or both are dealing with it. And I love, too, that you, you said that sometimes we don't even know what it is. Like, we don't yeah. know that this isn't normal because this is all we've experienced. And I think even with our, our own family, um, we have a daughter that struggled with anxiety, and I always knew there was something, but I didn't know what it was, and nor did she. And so as an adult now, she's unpacking that and really getting on top of it. But I'm so thankful yeah. you're sharing your journey. But it's I can't imagine with both of you dealing with um, depression and anxiety, Dave, for you, what was this like for you?
3: Yeah, well, Ashley, uh, you know, she she's... Bragging on me here is, is if I'm the strong one, but really she's been the strong one in the in the marriage, like ninety percent of the time. You know, she's wisely said a strong marriage rarely has two strong people at the same time. Yeah, it's it's often a husband and wife kind of taking turns being strong for the other one in those weak moments. And and I've had plenty of health issues, you know, both physical and and mental. I mean, I had um, gosh, you know, just to kind of hit some of the recent highlights. So I guess about. Six, seven years ago, I was diagnosed with a, a thyroid disorder that um, had gone undiagnosed for a while just because I hate going to the doctor and actually finally convinced me to go. I'm like, you I'm and every other doctor. man. Every Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. She's like, no, you're not. You need to go. Okay. Yeah, so, thanks a lot, Dave, because now
0: Aaron's going to be telling me that I got to go.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I already <laughs> have been, so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your wife. Because I, yeah, I just, I, I just didn't. Like going, so I avoided it. But Ashley lovingly encouraged me, um, and until I I finally relented, and I'm I'm glad I did because when they ran blood tests, I had a lot a lot that was off, and so you know I got on thyroid medication. I got you know I had to kind of like alter some diet and just lifestyle things, and it it was a, a long journey of just kind of getting back to normal, really. I mean, and it impacted everything, my whole you know body, my hormones were off. My testosterone got really low, which impacted my mm. mood, my sex drive, my confidence, frankly, and everything just kind of felt off. And so mm. Ashley was so tender and patient through that whole season. And I was moody and, you know, all of it. And she was, she was so just grace-filled, kind of walking with that through me. When Like, I'm, wasn't good to be, I didn't like being around myself. Like I knew that I just wasn't great to be around, but she was so just tender and Mm -hmm. compassionate through that. And, um, and now thankfully, you know, I'm kind of on the right medications and kind of got the right rhythm going where I totally feel like myself and it's amazing, but she really helped me get back to that place where she could have just said like, you know what, you're, you're just tough to live with right now. And frankly, you know, you're going to (laughs) have to deal with this on your own or go get an apartment because I don't want to be around you. But she didn't take that approach. She was so amazing, and and I'm so thankful for that. And now I'm back, and now I'm not as, I'm not afraid. I think for a while I was just living in the early years kind of afraid, like, my gosh, if something did happen to one of us, or if we did have some kind of health struggle, could we even make it through? And, and now, having come through that, I know a lot of people go through things a lot bigger than that, but even if we do face something a lot bigger than that, I'm not nearly as afraid of it, because I know that... Those same principles are going to get us god 's going to be there with yeah. us mm-hmm. we 're going to lean on each other, and we 're going to get through it and so I, I savor the times of health I really do i don 't take them for granted, but i 'm also not afraid anymore of mm-hmm. of the times potentially of sickness
0: I really love their perspective on just how important this is as a part of our vow to, as we kind of walk through these moments and seasons of sickness. Mm-hmm. That, that boy, that that I am here for you, because right at such a deep level, we all want to know that uh, our spouse is going to be there with us when we go through these kinds of things. In as as we were talking, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me was this idea of, you know, how do you then? have that conversation with your spouse around health issues without it coming across as nagging because Mm -hmm. i think that's the issue that you know i'm frustrated you're you're not going to the doctor you're Mm -hmm. not getting you know that let's be honest this has happened to us Mm -hmm. you do a great job aaron of making sure you're current with your annual checkups and all that stuff Mm -hmm. in in i i don't always do that well.
1: <laughs> you don't ever okay, do don't that ever. well. But you recently went to the doctor because I had said it several times. But I also know that if I try to force you or coerce you or nag, bring it up over and over again, it's not going to go well. Yeah. And we had a friend who went through a health crisis and it motivated you to go, Oh, you know what, I'm going to go in and just have an annual physical done.
0: Yeah. And it would be so easy, though, for for your frustration mm-hmm. to turn into a nagging situation. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Like, what? let's, let's give some definition. What mm-hmm. do we mean by nagging?
1: Nagging is when someone brings something up Over and over and over again, you know, same issue, we might try different methodologies to reach the person. Typically, it most likely will not be in those moments of openness and, you know, our emotions are regulated. Typically, we're triggered and we want to really get them to hear us so we might strike out or say it in a creative way or be passive-aggressive about it. So it's just recognizing it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, and it seems like a lot of what's driving the nagging is fear. Mm-hmm. So it would be fair to say that you fear maybe there's a health issue that's going to impact me, mm-hmm. impact us. Mm-hmm. And unless I'm going to the doctor on a regular basis, I won't, you know, I won't know that we won't know that. Right.
1: right. So it's important to really take that step back and really understand what is it that's going on for me? Why am I so energized around this? What is getting triggered underneath the waterline? What am I really feeling at that deeper level? And, you know, it probably is fear, but it could be resentment. It could stress you out. Um, You could feel helpless or out of control because the other person isn't taking action. I actually had a couple several months ago that the husband had had a car accident that morning before they came to see me. And the wife, just knowing when she saw the, the car and the tire that had blown off and hit him, it could have hit him and killed him. And for her, it was instantaneous that she was just so grateful that he was okay. So there is a lot of concern about losing your person. And so thus it sometimes comes out in fear.
0: Yeah, so what we're offering is that the temptation is to keep telling me, you gotta go, have you made your appointment? When are you going? What's the day? Should I call and make it for you? And and thus it becomes this nagging conflict Mm -hmm. between us versus... I love that idea of starting with, okay, what is this really triggering in me? What's this stirring up? And if it's a fear, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it is, kind of you gave some good other ideas of what it might be. But to lead with that, mm-hmm. you know, I can go to you and say, Aaron, um, you know, the the temptation for me is I want to keep asking you if you've made an appointment. Mm-hmm. But what's really going on for me is that, that I'm afraid. Man, I mm-hmm. love you. I I want a long life with you and i'm afraid that if if you're not getting you know a physical or if you're not going for whatever examination then something may go on and that that's what's driving my desire to keep reminding you but i don't want to do that i don't want to be in that spot i don't want to be the one to tell you to do this to remind you to do this it's just not a role that i want mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. know when when you and i start conversations that way which doesn't always happen. I mean, if I'm being Mm -hmm, honest, mm -hmm. a lot of these kinds of conversations for us happen because one of us is triggered
3: Mm -hmm. and
0: we probably don't handle it right. But ultimately, what I appreciate about you is that I know that eventually we're going to talk about what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And that's some fear or something's gotten stirred up. Yeah.
1: Sometimes we need to step away and try again Yes, and going back at a time that is good, that I'm open, you're open, not right before we're going to bed or right in the morning when we wake up or, you know, when you've got a stressful day at work or I have a long day. So it's just figuring out when can we talk about this. And it's so powerful when you maybe have brought something up over and over again to go hey when you hear me bringing it up over and over again actually what's going on yeah. is i'm scared
0: that's the key because that's scared. what's really going on mm-hmm. below the waterline yes that-
1: and couples are able actually the research shows that your spouse is able to lean into hearing feeling words especially when you're using an i statement so i feel scared or fearful or concerned or resentful or helpless just you know really expressing what's really going on because all they see is the behavior.
0: Right. And, and, and again, if all we talk about is the, the, the behavior around, you know, go to the doctor, make your appointment, we, we just will never connect. And then I'm going to fight you on that. You know, I'm a grown man. You know, why do you keep bothering me? You know, leave me. It just, it just escalates Mm -hmm. into that sort of dynamic.
1: But what I will say is if something is feeling like a total loss, to either one That's of fair. you it is it's fair to bring it up and say hey this feels like a loss to me you not taking care of yourself concerns me but it also feels like a loss can we figure out something that works for you and for me yeah i can't control what you do i would like to try but <laughs> i can just influence um what how i can and i can share how i'm feeling
0: yeah you know another way that really you can speak to me that that's really helpful is to give me what's called an emotional word picture. Mm-hmm. So instead of telling me, hey, you need to go to the doctor, you could always paint this picture that, hey, the other day I was, you know, I was watching this movie and there was this couple probably in their seventies and they're just sitting rocking on the porch and they had like eighty of their kids and grandkids and great grandkids and friends, just all these people there. And it was such a cool thing. To watch this older couple observe mm-hmm. and and look at their family and the legacy and and that's exactly what I want for us that that's the image I want us on that porch someday and I want to see all of our kids and grandkids and great grandkids and and to enjoy that with you and to be able to to reach out I'm tearing up just thinking about <laughs> that is the word picture you'd give to me. And and then to be able to say, and that's why this, you going to the doctor matters so much to me because man, I want to be that couple on that porch and I want to do everything that you and I can do together to get there. And that includes making sure we're going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. See, that would, you would have drawn me so into that emotionally going, I can picture that and I want that. Mm -hmm. And and that can be just a, a great way. To communicate some of these harder topics or these more difficult emotions is to use that that emotional word picture. For sure. You know, and we have Dave and Ashley's book here at our ministry, and we'd love to send you that for a gift of any amount. It's called Naked and Healthy. I mean, who wouldn't want a book called right. Naked <laughs> Anything? It's Naked and Healthy, Uncovering the Lifestyle Your Body, Mind, Spirit, and Marriage Need. And really, it's because of your financial support that we're able to do this podcast. So please donate and get your copy today.
1: This is the part of our show that I love because we get to talk. We actually utilize conversation starters... And we encourage you guys to do the same. You'll often hear us talking about, you know, 10 minutes a day, just sharing that inner life stuff can really encourage a connection between you and your spouse. So this is the part of our show that we are going to ask each other a few questions. So I will start, Greg. What have you been learning during your times of personal prayer and scripture reading as of late?
0: You know, I lately saw the word harvest And because I was thinking about some of the big projects that we've been working on as a marriage team here, and we've just had a great opportunity to get a lot of the projects that we've been dreaming about, talking about, working about over the past couple years, Mm -hmm. they're actually out and available. You know, we we did a project called uh, the reactive cycle. It's we've talked about this before here. It's kind of when your spouse, you know, you get a button triggered or pushed, and then you react, and then that often pushes your spouse's button. They react, and it just creates this cycle where we just spin around and around and around. And so we've actually you can go to the reactive cycle or just reactivecycle.com, and now that test is online. And you can get a printout and all that. So that's one example of just, it feels like, you know, we're in a, a really fun kind of harvest, you know, season. But I was reading this verse about just really being patient. And when we rely on God and in His timing, the, it really the harvest part is up to Him, mm-hmm. not to us. I mean, we're doing the work to plant some seeds and to grow and to cultivate and all that. But at the end of the day, it was a great reminder that, you know, just, this is all up to God. Because I was, I had gotten discouraged in a meeting that some of these big things that we've accomplished, they weren't mentioned. Mm-hmm. And kind of my pride kicked in. And, and I was all wounded like, well, obviously nothing we're working on matters to anybody else. and And it was just a great reminder that, you know, that was about me and my pride and that I wanted to be – acknowledged and noticed by you know, our leadership in, in just remembering that this is all up to God and he gets mm-hmm. the credit and the glory anyway. Totally. And so it's just a, a great way to be refocused on what really matters.
1: Mm, I like that.
0: You know, for you, so again, we're talking on this episode really about taking good care of yourself spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. So Aaron, how important is physical fitness to you?
1: So important, because I I think I've talked about it on the podcast before that in order for me to be able to sit all day with people hurting people and pour out to them, I have to have some physical movement prior to going into the office And it's important for me both, actually all areas, physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, to go in there prepared to pour out. And physical fitness for me, getting up in the morning, working out on my bike, my spin bike and you know, just getting that energy out helps me so much. Yeah, it gives I mean, you life. Yes, I, mean, I was just sitting here feeling I started a new class this week, a, a boot camp class, and my arms are killing me.
0: And they're looking <laughs> like muscley. Garrison, yeah, our son, they're, didn't they're notice. So me.
1: I tried to show him and he's like, Are you flexing right now? <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like, Yes. <laughs> you should have flexed so,
0: right on top of it. Yeah, his so it's head. important.
1: To be to physically care for yourself, but also emotionally, spiritually, intellectually all go together. Super important. So here's my question for you, Greg. How can we continue to help each other grow spiritually on a regular basis?
0: It's a great question. I think one of the favorite things that we do, we don't do this a ton, but when we do it, I love it is when we go for a walk. So we take our golden doodles for a walk. And as we're walking, we'll, we'll ask each other, kind of like we've done here, what mm-hmm. what's going on spiritually? What are you learning? What's something God's been teaching you as of late? But but I do like that question on, you know, what what has God been teaching you lately? Um, because it's always different. Mm-hmm. And every time we ask each other that, uh, I learn something about you. I'm reminded about something maybe you're facing. And it just gives me insight into, you know, maybe how Satan's attacking you or what God's teaching you, growing you. And I just love knowing that. It, it shapes in what I get to pray for you about, it connects us. And mm-hmm. so I, I like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I because I, I, I've felt lately just a, a dryness in my walk with the Lord. So if I'm being honest, it just, it, it's just, I, I feel like I've been in one of those dry seasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We and, all have. Them. Yeah. And I know, you know, cause I, I couldn't tell you the last time we, we kind of had that walk mm-hmm. to where we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a good reminder for me, like, you know what? Yeah. When, when we finally are together at the end of the day, we just need to take those dogs and, and walk and talk about this mm-hmm, for sure. Okay. So Aaron, how can we encourage each other and our kids in the pursuit of a balanced approach to physical fitness? You know, something where we're not too lax, but not too extreme.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Apparently, I need to hear about physical fitness yeah. today. <laughs> and I my needed questions. to hear about the spiritual stuff. Yes. That's funny. Well, and it's interesting because we are heading into a new season with our daughter, the, our one child that's left at home. And she's going to start doing a different style of school. And she's going to have more time. And I even told you recently, you know, we got to sit down and really figure out her physical fitness, because being home more is going to give her more time that she can uh, pursue physical fitness. And, you know, for me, it helps when we talk about it and then I execute whatever I'm going to do, you execute whatever you're going to do. But gosh, if we can support each other in those places, awesome. For example, you know, let's say I don't get to work out one morning and I get off work and I say, hey, Greg, I'd love to be able to work out tonight. You know, could you run Annie to youth group? Yeah. And you say, sure, I got it. And, you know, just supporting each other in those ways helps so much. Yeah. And then when it comes to parenting and our daughter, it's I think it's important for us to be in unity as we approach her and going, okay, bringing her into the, the conversation as well. What are you going to be doing to care for yourself in this way? And we model that, I think, very well to her.
0: Yeah. And as I listen to you, on one hand you know, my mind's going, well, wait, I do all that. And I do ask her, and what does meaning mean by that? And so it, it, I imagine it, a part of what I hear you saying is that the fear is that um, our youngest daughter's physical fitness is going to fall solely on you. Like you're going to be the one to think about it and make sure that that's happening versus going, hey, I want to make sure that we're both doing that.
1: No, I think it's what I'm saying is it's just important for us to be on the same page and unified around expectations as well as thus if we're both unified, if we're unified in that, then we both can enforce uh, the expectations. That makes
0: sense. So again, this is why I love it when we get to ask each other these questions, Mm because we don't see the questions beforehand, and Mm -hmm. we certainly haven't rehearsed how to answer them. Mm -hmm. But it's a good example is even as we answer these things, there are going to be times to where we might say something to trigger the other person in just being able to go, hey, let me make sure I understand. Mm -hmm. Is this what you're saying? Because you gave a good redirect as far Mm -hmm. as what you meant. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. So I. I get a lot out of this
1: yeah. when, when sure. we do
0: that. And and again, this is something that we do outside the studio as well, but, mm-hmm. but man, I, I love these questions. I love these conversation starters and you know what? You can love them as well. And we'll put a link in our show notes to where you can download these. Um, Aaron and I have a whole article. There's like hundreds of these conversation starters. So we'll put that in the link as well.
1: Yes. And we have an amazing and free video series on communication that could be helpful to you as you might be going through some of these health issues and communication issues we've talked about today on this episode. So all the details for that will be in the show notes.
0: Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly question and answer. And this is the part of the show that we answer your burning questions about marriage.
1: So please send us your questions. This is how we can best connect with you. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of the show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we will send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us.
0: Well, today's question comes from Katie. Let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in.
1: So I have a question about communicating versus nitpicking. And this comes out of the hundreds of little things that can all kind of grind on my nerves through a day. And it just... If I communicate all those things, I feel
2: like I'm stressing my husband out. If I don't communicate all those things,
1: I feel like I am holding it all in and it builds up pressure over time. And so I struggle with finding a balance on how to manage that. And I would love some input. Thank you.
0: Well, Katie, we appreciate your your transparency, and and you know what, all of us go through this because mm-hmm. we can go through hard seasons or even normal seasons in our marriage to where the things that our spouse is doing that drive us crazy or frustrate us. That those can always stand out, and mm-hmm. so it's it's we get that that you're trying to go. How do I bring those up, or how many do I bring up? I mean, if we brought up all of that, which probably would monopolize all of our communication.
1: Totally, and it's important. I love that, Katie. You have insight into what holding it inside does, because if we hold it inside, it does build up, and then eventually it explodes, and our spouse is looking at us like, what in the world? What just happened? I just didn't close the drawer in the kitchen. And for you, it's like, it's not about the drawer in the kitchen. It's about the hundred times the drawer in the kitchen wasn't closed, but I didn't tell you that. So it is important to bring it up, but so much of it is how we bring it up and having the awareness of how we're bringing it up. Because nitpicking can manifest itself in so many different ways, you know, constantly criticizing excessive attention to the detail, unreasonable expectation, overemphasis on the negatives, micromanaging, or frequently reminding someone—that sounds really nice, but really <laughs> nagging.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and the hard part is we're we're married to a human being, mm-hmm. and we're all going to make mistakes. It just the reality is, is is throughout the day, I am going to do things that are going to frustrate you. That that's mm-hmm. a given. Which is why, you know, Katie, I always encourage people start with Proverbs nineteen eleven it's such a great verse and it says that a person's wisdom yields patience in in as a beginning place just to be reminded that I'm looking for wisdom here and part of that wisdom is to first of all think about what what is stirring up inside of me mm-hmm. like this is irritating me bothering me because why mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it something that's self-destructive to our relationship? Does it remind me of what my dad used to do Is mm-hmm. it, I was growing up? You know, w- w- what is really going on for you? I think there's such value in sort of that that self-reflection of, you know, w- what's really going on for me? Yeah,
1: and I would say in that self-reflection, often what I'll say to myself is, what do I really want here? Do I want to criticize and nag? no. I want to be able to bring something up in a way that my husband can hear me and I can use my voice and I want to be valued. And the best way I can do that is to step back, figure out what's going on, what am I feeling, and then go after it from that stance.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest, the reality is it it would be unhealthy in the relationship if I wanted to confront you about every single little irritation that you do throughout you the day. You would
1: be doing a lot of confronting. Well, I mean, you're human. You would be <laughs> doing the same. a lot of same. those little quirks. <laughs> yeah. You,
0: it's the same for me. And so that's why, again, that Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom, part of the wisdom you're looking for is, okay, what's this about? What's this saying? What's getting stirred up? You're looking for that insight, that self-awareness. But also it's a part of picking your battles. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I can't, and and I don't want to bring up every small little detail. And so, what I like about that verse, part of that wisdom, is deciding is what's bothering me because I think it's something that you should be doing. So it's a part of what what I uh-huh. expect and think should be happening or not happening. Or is this what God is? This His will, or what what He would say? Because if it's a violation of something that that God has laid out, definitely worth picking that battle. That, that would be something yes. I'd want to bring up to you, but I don't have to bring up every little no. thing that I think you should be doing. I mean, I don't, the last thing on earth I want to do is make you in my image. Mm, that's, that's yeah. I, I don't want to. I love who you are and those differences that can irritate, that's still a beautiful part of who you are. But
1: it's all in how you bring it up. Right. So care for yourself first and then choose the right timing and the right words, but as well focusing on the bigger picture, that this is not the definition of our relationship or the definition of who the other person is. Right. So keeping the big picture of who are they really and would they be doing this intentionally to harm me or is this something that they're unaware of and I yeah. can help. In the way I bring it up, um, in a way that I have the best chance of them to hear me.
0: Yeah, because the the truth is that there there is a way that through fault finding that that can really sabotage the marriage. Mm-hmm. If if Aaron, all you ever hear from me are the things that frustrate me or disappoint me or whatever, you just you're going to be discouraged mm-hmm. and you're going to constantly feel like you never measure up that you're not good enough. And as a matter of fact, you know, John Gottman, Dr. John Gottman, one of the greatest marriage researchers talks about that he found a a pretty important ratio in marriage, which is there has to be five positives to every one negative. Mm -hmm. So if I am going to point out a negative because I believe this is important, I want to bring this up, well, then it's my responsibility to them, to make sure that there are five times throughout the day that I'm encouraging mm-hmm. you, or thanking you, or appreciating something that you've done. Yes, because if all it is is fault finding, it it so harms the relationship. So within this, yes, we're saying you know pick your battles, decide what what you really want to bring up, make sure that you're also five to one ratio, mm-hmm. five positive things to say versus for every one negative. And then actively look for that stuff that you do appreciate. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that really helps to balance all this out. Because honestly, Aaron, if all I ever get from you is the nitpicking, the things you're frustrated about, mm-hmm. the disappointments, mm-hmm. at some point I, I tune you out. Mm-hmm. And then there are times where you really feel like, I need to bring this up. This is important. And I'll probably tune you out because it's like, rah, 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 you know, like the mm-hmm. Charlie Brown. Wah, yeah. Wah, wah, yeah. Wah. Yeah. And that's why it's important to really pick those battles. So Katie, thank you for being willing to ask such an important question.
1: Yeah, you're definitely not alone in this, Katie. I hear this scenario quite a bit in my office. So thank you for your question, Katie, and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, please contact us. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of the show page to leave us a voicemail, just like Katie did. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Serving your spouse in sickness and in health is important to your marriage. So we hope that we were able to help you better understand what that part of your vows really means.
0: Yeah, so be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, we want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. We also want to help you grow spiritually, both as individuals and as a couple, so that you can invest in other couples to help them build thriving marriages.
1: So, thank you again for listening. We'll talk with you next week about this crazy little thing called marriage.